0: welcome back to show talk podcast place where i talk you talk and we talk about shows we are back with motherland fort salem episode three season two and i can say that this is by far my favorite episode in the season out of the three this has been top tier content i'm talking we got Raelle working with the shrooms we got abigail with the weather work and tally's visions it's all coming It's all coming and it's moving so fast and I am excited to see how this season is going to go. I mean there are so many secrets that we're uncovering this episode. We're seeing a little bit more workings of what happens in Motherland Fort Salem where it comes to the Imperium, when it comes to the Camarilla, when it comes to Alder's influence over things. It's interesting to see. I mean I feel like This season in contrast to last season is a lot different. Like we had Bellatine and now we have the hand fasting. Two different lives, two different situations, two different levels, and we need to get into it. We need to get into what it really means to be a witch in America, in Fort Salem, in the Spree. We are here for it, and I'm ready to get into it with you. Today's episode is called Body Autonomy, and I named it this because if you look at the definition, it is known as the right for a person to govern what happens to their body without external influences or coercion. And when you look at the storylines for both Abigail, Tally, Ariel, this season in particular, they're going through a lot of that and where they have to find their own body autonomy. I mean, look at Abigail. She's fighting this entire season, trying to figure out if she's more than just her womb, if she's more than just her name. And now that she has the Imperium breathing down her neck, what is she supposed to think? What is she supposed to do? Rael, on the other hand, is dealing with outside influences from Alder, from the army, all wanting more from her and even from the wall itself as as she has now these powers that she didn't ask for and now has to utilize them for an organization she didn't want to be in. And now we have Tally, Although she's always wanted to be part of this organization and wanted to be a witch, she didn't necessarily know the ramifications or the extent that she would have to give up herself for the cause. I mean, she became a biddy at the end of season one and she had to deal with whether or not to go back to who she was or to continue to serve for Alder. And now with these visions that are plaguing her, she still has to kind of find herself now that she's not a biddy, but still taking on Alder's emotions and history. It's finding a way to separate that and balance that is going to be a lot harder for her, especially as we see in this episode, the visions or the history is starting to take a more physical representation outside of just her dreaming. So we don't know the extent of that connection and if it's getting stronger and what that means for her and if other people find out what that's going to mean for her. So that's going to be her finding her own sense of self away from Alder and away from Fort Salem as a whole, although it seems like she's kind of bringing herself deeper and deeper into it, especially as she decides to take on the vice president's daughter. So we'll see. It looks like after listening to this episode of After the Storm, that they're going to be focusing this season on finding themselves, but also finding each other. As we see, they're all on separate journeys both Abigail, Rayelle, and Tally, They're all on their own different routes to success or to finding themselves and if they can find themselves individually, we'll see how their powers and their bond will increase once they can come together as a whole and make something of themselves away from their powers and Fort Salem altogether and the spree and all that drama that comes with it. But that's what we're going to go into with this episode and I hope you guys decide to stick a long and listen to it, but let's get into it. Let's get into Motherland, Fort Salem, Season 2, Episode 3. Now. You guys know, since season one, I've been a strong Alder fan. Like, I stand this woman forever. And you can't tell me nothing when it comes to her choices and decisions that she's made, okay? Because I know the sacrifices she's made to be where she is today. And I feel like everyone is just so ungrateful, ungrateful for the things that Sarah Alder had to go through. Now, am I saying that some of the choices she's made this season and last season has been some of the best decisions? No. Because it's been, it's been pretty risky. It's been pretty iffy some of the things that she's been doing. But you cannot turn me. You cannot turn me away. And I feel like this season is really trying it. It's really trying to make me lose alder and i refuse i refuse to do it and we're gonna start off with one of the main things that i did not like that she did this episode that really had me questioning her stability and and what was happening and specifically when she decided to control the president in front of everybody in the room are we insane are we insane what does she think she's doing in front of the vice president no less Petra, Petra on the other hand, she's loyal, okay? Petra's trying to move her way up the ladder. She's not gonna say nothing, not a peep, not a soul. But the vice president? Come on, girl, we knew better than that. And so I'm thinking like now that the vice president knows or possibly sees that Alder can control the president, what if he tells the president? What is she gonna do? she's going to start taking her meetings in secret. She's going to stop meeting up with Alder in general because she doesn't know how far that control can bend. And we all know it can go it can grow, reach, it can reach a little bit to get to the present with what Alder can do, but it just it puts a lot of things in jeopardy. A lot of what can and cannot be done for the witches is now at stake if the president and the vice president decide to fully turn their back on the witches in Fort Salem, especially now that they are bounded by the accords. Like, there has to be something in there that is just highlighted in red right now, that you cannot do this as a member of this army. It, it, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. I don't like it. And also, can we talk about her connection to Tally right now? I am looking at these visions and I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I really don't. Because now we have a name for who could be in the picture and we know it as Nicta. And we know that Nicta had a specific work that no one knew about. That was new to Alder and new to other witches that might have been connected to the Accords in Fort Salem, etc. And we hear in some of the visions that Alder possibly used Nykta's work in order to fight someone who surrendered and they ended up killing themselves. There was a lot of death. There was a lot of death. And from Tally's visions, mm, it, it looks in, looking pretty brutal. Does not look pretty good at all. Especially when it comes to the knife being covered in blood. When it comes to the tears that we were seeing, the emotions. What did she do? what did she do? so someone just tell me what Alder did so I can like rationalize it? <laughs> so I can rationalize it a little bit more. And I know we're going to learn it through Tally, But at the same time, although we're seeing these snippets that's having us turn our back a little bit on Alder and what she possibly could have done, we have to remember that Tally is only seeing a part of the history, not a full glance of everything. She's only Seeing what she can and interpreting what she knows. So right now she knows that the soldier that's been missing from the picture is Nykta. She knows that Nykta and Alder were in a situation where they were fighting possibly the Camarilla. We know that in one of her visions that Alder used Nykta's work and created that death and destruction that we've seen But we don't know more than that. We don't know why she might have done that. We don't know what led up to that. We don't know if they did it themselves. She said it had to be done. Why did it have to be done? I need more. I need more. Either Tally's going to have to tap in a little bit more or we're going to have to learn it on our own. This is when we start thinking about when is Tally going to talk to Alder? When is Tally going to talk to Alder? Especially now that the visions are taking on a more physical strength when it comes to everything. I mean, it's more than dreams now. It's affecting Tally at war college, it's affecting Tally in the middle of her hand fasting. She physically cannot deal with all of these emotions and visions that she's seeing in her daily life. It's taking a physical effect and toll on her. It's time we say something it's time we say something I know she wants to keep that connection between Alder and herself and I know that that feeling she had when it was she was a biddy is something strong and she wants to hold on to it but you would think that if you're having a physical vision of someone's history that you would want to go talk to that person specifically and be like hey I what do I do? Is this real? Is it not real? What's your side of the story for everything? And also, are we gonna find Nicta and find out whether she's alive or not in these visions so that we can get her side of the story for everything? Because I feel like that is going to be needed because we know that Tally, at least from the trailers for next episode or, or the next coming episodes, is going to start losing her trust in Alder depending on what she sees. And so if that ends up happening, we're just gonna have to clear things up. We're gonna have to clear things up now and fast because if Tally turns on Alder, then Rael's gonna turn on Alder. And if Rael turns on Alder, so it's Abigail's. And Abigail's already turning away from Fort Salem in general because they're underestimating her. It's a whole thing. I don't know. I feel like I just went an entire rant on you guys, and I apologize. There's a lot going on, and I feel like this entire season is just wanting us to turn on Alder without fully getting the full picture. and I'm really trying not to sound like a cult follower <laughs> for Alder, but at the same time, I don't want to follow into the good and the bad when it comes to Alder or when it comes to the Spree or when it comes to Fort Salem altogether, because there's no such thing as good and bad or or evil. It's always a gray line. And when it comes to history, you kind of just have to look at the whole picture. And if you're not there, how are you really going to know? How can you judge? And with this incomplete picture that Tally has, what she says to the others, to herself, has a lot of weight, especially with what Alder has been doing, specifically this episode, last couple of episodes, and last season. The trust isn't there as much as we wish it was. It's It's on a tethering line, and if we don't clear that up soon, we we may end up creating a huge rift. I mean, look at the relationship between Anacostia and Alder. It's already very strained and Anacostia knows Alder better than anyone. So now that... Alder is working with Rael in a closer scheme and now that Tally and Alder are in a closer relationship that we know everything could change based on what we find out whether it's from Tally's visions whether it's from Nikta if she's still alive or from Alder herself and I feel like we're not really taking in the severity of what that means if things were to crumble from Alder's actions and not know the full truth of everything. These witches that we're looking to protect that the Camarilla are currently after are at stake. The structure and foundation of Fort Salem is at stake. The history and importance of this organization that has spent hundreds of years growing itself from the ground up trying to protect witches is at stake depending on rumors and half-baked ideas of what of what happened and I really want us to just take a step back and really look at it before we make judgments of what Alder did or what she could have done differently. I don't know. Can we just give Alder a chance this season? Like, let's take a minute and step back and just evaluate everything before we start throwing stones at the girl. We're not even halfway through this season. Can we take a moment? Just a moment. Is she going to do terrible things later on in the season? Probably. Are we going to judge her for it? Probably. But until then, until then, let's hold it. Let's hold off. Just, just, just a little bit. Also, in Alder news and Tally and Rael, I thought it was interesting that last night when I was reading through some of the live tweets from everyone, someone mentioned that it was interesting that every time Tally had an outer body experience and, and, resurfaced from those memories and they were the strongest that she's had so far. It was when Alder was witnessing Rael use the power of the mycelium. And I got to thinking, and I wonder if that's because every time that Tally has a vision of Alder's memories, it's from when Alder either feels some type of guilt or remorse from something like some strong emotion that triggers a flashback for Alder that is then siphoning it back to Tally. And so I wonder if. Alder, when she sees this power that Rael has from the mycelium, is thinking about the power that Nycta had and the parallels between the two and how when Alder had access to Nycta's powers, she did something that caused Tally to be triggered by these visions of her killing people and death and all of that and Nycta turning her back on Sarah. And then we have with her believing that, you know, it was a right choice and, and that it had to be done. And now we have Rael with this strong power that she's giving to the military to be able to fight the Camarilla. Another thing that Nicto was trying to do, fight the Camarilla. And I wonder if she's looking at Rael's powers and wondering what lengths that she's going to do in order to win this war one more time. Whose deaths she might be indirectly responsible for. And that's why Tally is being triggered by these memories so strongly now, even when she's not asleep. So that'll be interesting to see. Speaking on this power though, I don't know how I feel about the fact that Ra'el is giving this power to Alder. Now, yes, I trust Alder, we talked about this, but when it comes to war and when it comes to the trauma that Alder has faced, and what we just talked about now what lengths that Alder will do in order to fight the Camaria. I don't think that Raelle really gets the situation that she's in because she has all this power that can do so much good and, and so much bad and it's physically changing her from the inside out without her her knowledge and We don't know what levels of this power that it has, how strong she is, and what that will mean for the future, but I feel like it's something that we shouldn't be putting in anyone's hands so easily. We're putting this power in the Hog's hands. We're putting this power in all of Fort Salem's hands and, and that's going to be pretty dangerous. That's going to put a target on Rail's back and I don't feel like she understands that at the moment. We talked about in After the Storm how Raelle is now finding a purpose because of this power and that's something that she didn't have in Season 1 and how now that she can be of service and she can put that power Power and strength into something I feel like now all of that is really just clouding her judgment a little bit more because she's putting her trust in to Alder and into Fort Salem that she's not really seeing the signs that this may not be the best decision for her and I, I'm kind of surprised I'm not gonna lie that the wall would let her be this force for the army because when we look at the wall yes we can see it as just a conduit of power and it's something that goes above of what is Adora or the army would be able to know or understand but we know that it, it can communicate with Rael. We've seen it. It physically can tap into her memories. It physically is a part of her body now and it has manipulated parts of Rael's biology to be able to fit all that power within it and within her. So I, it kind of has a mind of its own a little bit at least it is understanding of rael and her emotions to the point where it will come and protect her and even when rael is talking to the imperium and she's able to speak mother tongue for a second there i was like was that rael or was that the mycelium and so those lines kind of blur and so if we find out that the mycelium and all the rest of the mushrooms are alive physical being that is able to communicate and have emotion and feelings and thoughts for it to want to support the army is a little bit confusing to me because think of it it's been studied and observed for years by the army and anytime that they've looked at it and tried to figure it out not a peep couldn't say anything it's just there and they haven't been able to crack it and yet now the only time that they are showing signs of life and showing Showing signs of power and wanting to integrate with the witches is through Raelle. And so I believed that the only reason it wanted to connect with Raelle is because Raelle is somebody who is far from the army. She's somebody that questions everything. She's unique. She's different. Her power is different compared to everyone else's when it comes to being a fixer and when it comes to what is learned in Fort Salem. She's an outcrier and we see it. And so that's why I felt like the wall would choose Raelle. So for For it to choose her for all of these characteristics and then for Rael to put all of that back into the army, something that separated her from the rest that the wall might have seen, is very, it's, it's very confusing to me and I wonder if the wall will turn on her because of that, if it does see all of that and if it doesn't like i don't know like why didn't the wall choose other people the wall liked it when Rael spoke with seeds that necromancers learn in their study at war college and yet in the entire time that the necromancers were studying the wall and isdoria was studying the wall nothing silent and yet Rael speaking the seeds of Necromancers, that activates it. That doesn't make sense. It chooses who it wants to be having and worthy of its power, and they chose Rael. But now Rael is choosing this army that the Mushrooms clearly did not care about. What does that mean? What does that mean? Or maybe it's allowing her to utilize this power because it recognizes the threat of the Care Maria? Could that be a possibility? I don't know, I have questions. I have questions. And also, when Rael uses her her powers from the mycelium and we see all this growth of the mushrooms after, are those special because they were glowing pretty weird? I don't mm, they don't look like regular shrooms to me. Do they have more power within them? Can they be accessed? Should we be blocking off sites that have this bloom? Are they spores for more growth for the mycelium since we know that its power grows above and beyond what we've seen are these released spores we don't we don't know there's so much we don't know and are we gonna talk about the fact that the mycelium has now put cords inside of raelle like that's invasion that's a complete invasion her whole vocal cords are changed because of this wall are we not gonna talk about it it's this is why i've labeled this chapter in this episode as body autonomy because Rael the most has felt that struggle because she has a physical being inside of her body that she did not ask for. You touch one thing and this is what happens. This is what happens. And speaking of body autonomy, poor Abigail! This girl is going through it this season, first to be knocked down a peg because she no longer is able to access the powers that Rael had with the mycelium and now she feels like she's not worth it as a strong bellwether and supposedly one to be leading her unit, only to be told by the Imperium that you are nothing but your womb a blow, a strong blow, especially cause it makes no sense. It makes no sense. The Imperatrix is here to help keep the line of the witches. Which is understandable because for centuries, witches have been hunted down by the Camarilla, by humans, anyone who doesn't deem witches as something that is not a threat. So for them to want to preserve that, for them to want to create more life so that there can be more witches, understandable. But for the fact that the Imperatrix only allows for you to get with or for you to marry someone who is worthy of that bloodline is just, it's so arranged marriage to me and no shade to arrange marriages because I know that that's a culture thing and, and that's something that's very important to some people but if you look at Raelle she's part of the LGBTQ community she does not like men and yet she says you must continue the bloodline this is your duty to the army excuse me Excuse me, what is she supposed to do? Lie back and and just let it happen for her because her her duty is to be able to have a baby? Abigail over here wants to marry Adil, but apparently he's not worthy of it because his bloodline is not even connected. It's lost and it's unstable compared to the Imperatrix. But does that matter? No, because Abigail is betrothed to Gregario hot mess, you know, hot mess. It's like they don't have a choice. And yet Bella Tain, last season basically expressed having a choice and expressing your sexuality in order to further that seed and, and that love and the power that sex has and to, to be happy about it and to not be embarrassed by it and yet now that freedom that we expressed last season is in a a constricted bubble to this. Like it's giving me mixed signals. I have so many mixed signals. We have these powerful women witches who are supposed to be strong and don't need nobody and and leaders of tomorrow that can protect the the world and yet they must further the bloodline and generations to come because of fear. Because of fear. And we know for a fact that Abigail is not going to stand for any of that. She's not going to sit there and let someone call her an incubator for the next generation. And it's crazy because the Imperatrix sat her down and basically told her that she's a bellwether and she's supposed to have certain standards and supposed to follow certain things and supposed to carry an air about her. But Being a bellwether means going against these archaic ideas on what she should and shouldn't do, who she should and shouldn't be. And we see that even more when she decides to be someone greater than her ancestors and we see her use her weather work to create those tornadoes. Not two, but I saw three in the background, y'all, and that is some bellwether Action that I'm excited for us to see going forward. Am I worried? Yes, I'm concerned because I did see that her trying to create this new work and create this new power is taking its toll physically on her body and maybe mentally through everything that she's going on. This may not be the best time to be trying new works, but also it might be the best motivator for her too. But seeing the blood and the pain that she was going through after she lost control of those tornadoes has me concerned about the lengths that Abigail will take to separate herself from the ideas of just a regular bellwether or just someone who's going to get married and have kids what is she going to do? How far is she going to go to prove that she's different and that she deserves to be special just like Raelle, just like Tally? And of course there are other factors that are probably leading her to finally make that decision to become the next bellwether and to create this new work and separate herself as much as she can. I mean we've talked about in last episodes about the pressure she feels and that separation she feels from her unit and now this and so is it the best time to be doing it is her head in the best space to be doing this we don't know but we do know she's a bellwether and we know that at the end of the day if there's anyone that's going to be able to create a new work or a new seed that's going to be able to take down the Camarilla it's her and so now we're going to see Tally with her physical representation of her powers and how she can Physically see sound, and now we have Abigail with her weather work and Raelle with her mushroom powers. And so, our girls are rising, our girls are rising in strength and in power so fast. And this is what I was talking about. This is what I wanted to see all our girls coming in together, even if they're separate right now, but rising in the ranks, going above and beyond war college and just the army in general, and being the difference between regular witches and all three of them. This is what I wanted to see, and I hope that we get to see that evolve a little bit more, especially as the unit starts making their way back to each other and starts relying on one another more. And as these truths come out about Alder and about the Camarilla and about all of it, I can't wait to see how their powers are going to react together once they're they're leaning on each other once more. Now, one relationship that I've seen grow this episode that I'm very excited for is Anacostia's and Scylla's. They've come together so smoothly this episode and you can see the trust that they have this episode for one another that I, oh, I'm so ready to see what's going to happen between the two of them, how that's going to change things up for Anacostia and Alder and her relationship with the army and Scylla with the spree and with Willa and their relationship like how that's going to change now that the two of them are together as our star-crossed undercover spies. And look at how well they work together. Look at what we've learned so far from them working together. We found Jack, who could be part Camarilla, could be a purist, who's been testing children in schools with a specific seed to see if he's able to trigger who's a witch and who's not a witch. And do we know what he's going to do with those who identify as a witch? No. For all we know, these kids can be waking up tomorrow with their vocal cords missing but we do know that with Anacostia and Scylla on the case they're going to look out for each other but they're also going to look out for all the future witches that this man could be tracking. My favorite scene by far has to be that moment where Scylla is being attacked by Jack and Anacostia comes out of nowhere and fully takes him down. He asks who are you and she responds in mother tongue we are the enemy. Ah, oh, chills such a good scene such a good moment and i love just looking at them together and how they interact with each other and those little banters that they have together and really analyzing that relationship that's growing between the two of them especially in that scene where Scylla goes and brings out her lighter to change her appearance as she is a spree member and that is something that they do if you focus in on anacostia's face we see that she does flinch the first time she does it and it really reminds you to the part that they are from two different sides and both of them have been attacked from both sides to be able to work together now and physically see the differences that each other hold because of those those different sides that they're on but still deciding to work together at the end of it it's it's very powerful it's very strong to see and I'm hoping that their relationship and their growth and the fact that they have each other's back will be something that'll inspire future generations when we try to bring the Camarilla down and if that means joining the spree I wonder if Anacostia and Scylla will be that blueprint to breaking down the barriers between the two groups. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. And I hope you guys are loving their relationship and the bond that's growing between the two of them just as much as I am. That's all I really have for you guys today. This episode is a little bit longer than the last two, but that's just because this episode was so good and I had so many opinions and thoughts that I just wanted to share with all of you and wanted to be a little bit more free in how that was delivered. And so I hope you guys like that and I hope you guys will want to listen to new episodes as they come out every Wednesday. And what were your guys' thoughts on the episode? Favorite moments, moments that you liked, moments that you didn't like, things that you want to see, questions that you have show them to me let me know you can always send it to me at show talk podcast on twitter or send me an email at showtalkpodcast at gmail.com if you want to talk there or send a comment if you listen on podbeam or any of your other special podcasting streaming sites i would love to hear from you and i can't wait but you know what to do share like do all the things and i will see you guys next time keep on talking